This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. You're listening to the Hunting Land Man podcast. This is Slade Priest, your host, the Hunting Land Man. Rack buck down here on opening day. If you're interested in rack bucks and real estate and everything that has to do with hunting property, this is the podcast for you. Well, here we go. Episode 28 of the Hunting Land Man podcast. I apologize, y'all. We have been so busy having fun and selling real estate and hunting and everything else that we have not updated y'all in a while. Even my mom got on to me. She said, hey, I went to get on your podcast the other day and there is no new podcast. So we are fixing that today, mom. Episode 28. It's deer season, y'all. It really is. uh, We've been having a blast hunting. Have we had a lot of success? No. Depends on how you measure it. I measure it in rack bucks and deer kills, and uh, and, and we have not been killing a bunch. Um, kind of get y'all up to speed. Before we do that, of course, this episode of uh, the podcast is brought to you by Southern Ag Credit. They take great care of us, and even in these uncertain times of real estate, they are still loaning money to our clients and making good deals every day. Southern Ag Credit, they do a great job. All right. So the last time we updated y'all, we were about to head on our elk hunt, uh, and we were getting ready for velvet season, the first ever velvet season, and uh, we're going to kind of give y'all updates. First of all, the elk hunt. Uh, We went on that mid-September, right before the velvet season, and man, I tell you what, the more I go elk hunting, the more it moves to the top of my list of my favorite things to do in the hunting woods, for sure. Um Everybody shot. Uh, we brought a client of ours out there. Uh, he hunted. This is Ty Petty. He hunted uh, for 30 minutes, then missed, shot right over the top of about a 300-inch, maybe better bull, uh, right at daylight. And then he was down in the dumps, and 30 minutes later, he shot a good 5 by 5 Now, this area that we went to is not necessarily long for giant bulls. Uh, a lot of elk. Uh and a really good hunt. And Caleb, my co-host here, Caleb uh, was with us. And before I go any further, uh, Caleb, your first experience elk hunting, 
give me just quick, hey, what do you think about it? Well, we've talked about it before. It's mystical. That's the word to describe it. Like when when they bugle, it's like a a daggum T Rex. I mean, you can feel it in your bones. I defined it good. Yeah, it's like you a did a really good job. T Rex slash tugboat. Yep, that's actually perfect. I mean, look, it's it's awesome. And we weren't even up in like you know the mountains, mountains. See, we were down on the bottom of the mountain where you and I were hunting. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like. You don't I, like we still didn't even really get the full experience that you did when you went with Ryan. And I'll get into that in a minute, right? But uh, yeah, it was awesome, and I can definitely see where that would take over whitetail hunting for me. It really is so much fun. So, uh, like I said, everybody shot. Uh, funny story is uh, Caleb is, probably don't want me telling this story, but it's fun because it worked out. Oh, okay, Lord. so we get to you know we travel and get there flights and everything like that okay so we're headed into the elk woods um we get out of this little zuzu trooper drop they dropped us off in i set my bow down you know and everything's hectic we're trying to be quiet but i told caleb i said hey don't step on my bow i gotta grab my backpack and they didn't hear me you know it just happens probably busy nervous excited everything i was in the middle i had the camera going i'm filming i'm trying to make sure i'm getting a good shot and everything i didn't even feel myself step on it And finally, I looked over. I said, you're stepping on my bow. And as soon as I picked it up, I could tell my sight was bent. It was no question. Uh, And it was way before daylight. So I probably said some words I shouldn't have said. And we got back to the camp. And this is a uh, kind of a crazy story. Uh, We got back to the camp, and me and Caleb, before daylight in the dark at camp, we got on that site and we bent it back. I said, okay, it's, I think it's straight. Then I went to shooting and everything was exactly on. We bent it back perfectly. I guess the way that thing was, you know, we bent it back and it didn't go past the equilibrium of being, uh, that's a big word, of being um, straight. And sure enough, I mean, I backed it up to, uh, I mean, before daylight with flashlights on the target at 30 yards, I was drilling dots. I said, okay, we're good to go. Let's go hunting. And really we only missed about 20 minutes of our elk hunt with that, which was crazy. And I I don't think we missed anything in that 20 minutes, but uh, go, I think we shot on day three, day three. Yeah. Day three. Uh, So, um, Okay, elk comes in, and you'll see this. We'll use it on an episode because this is real life what happens bow hunting. Elk comes in. He was out there bugling. You could hear him breathing, and you could hear him raking trees and bugling. And I made, just like an old turkey, it's so much like turkey hunting, I made one little cow call, and he shut up. I think he bugled one more time. Mm-hmm. And then, then, then we looked up, and it was right where we wanted him to come. This dude walks in, big five-by-five. Walks in to six or seven yards. I'm getting drawn back, and he turns to go towards a water hole. And uh, I stop him, and I shot him exactly where I was aiming. The bull, I mean, he was 10 yards. The bull runs through the water, throws water 30 yards on each side of the water hole, runs out, and we are ever more pumped up. All right, we give it 30, 45 minutes probably. And, um, we go down, find the arrow, find blood, find this trail, and then we started finding a lot of blood. Mm-hmm. A lot of blood. I kept looking up the trail. There he is. Where is he at? Where is he at? Where is he at? Where is he? I'm talking about big piles, white stuff on top of it, just piles and piles. 
And we finally got to a fence, and we, we uh, called the guys we were hunting with. We said, hey, y'all come down here. You know, we'll, we'll track him. I thought the bull would be another 100 yards. Well, about a mile later and about three days later, we have still never found my bull. Didn't find it the whole trip. I looked for it. Me and Kayla went out at daylight every morning listening for coyotes, looking for signs, sitting other water holes, uh, looking for birds. We gave that bull its due. Honestly, after looking back at it, and you'll see it, uh, you'll see it when we do the episode. Um, the bull turned a little bit at the last second, and I hit him right behind the shoulder. But he was turned a little bit much. I think I got one lung shooting a good fixed blade broadhead, three blade, one lung, and those big animals. Will he die? I think probably. Did he die while we were there? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it. It may have to be infection. I mean, they can live with one lung, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. I really don't know. It was, uh, God, it was, ter- and I felt terrible. I felt like we gave him his due. I, sh- I didn't, I didn't feel as bad as I would if I would have made him. I shot him right where I was aiming. What I didn't do is, you know, I didn't calculate for how far he had turned. And it, look, if I showed y'all listening right now, if I showed you where the shot was, a quick clip. Like in full in full time, full yeah. Speed, you you know? would be like, oh yeah, perfect. I mean, just like we were, and yeah. everybody says the same thing. And then when you slow it down, you're like, okay. Well, like right after you shot, I literally told you on camera, dude, you hit him in the tin ring. I mean, it looked perfect. And then, I mean, I don't know. I didn't I didn't have an answer for it until we slowed the footage down and looked. Yeah, it was a, uh, a humbling experience. I mean, I had a blast. Um, I hate that I'm not going to get to feed my family elk meat, but Ryan said he's going to give me some of his. So uh, maybe we'll have some elk meat. But um, a fun hunt. I can't wait to go back next year. Uh, going back, hopefully, with the same guys. A great area, great hunt, and guys, fun. It's just like turkey hunting a 900-pound T-Rex. That's mm-hmm. it. I love it. But anyway, okay, so let's – okay, so we had me hunting. We had Ty hunting. Uh, we had um, – Bear Cup, his first elk hunt while he was shooting. Now, he's been with us and filmed us kill several. He's filmed me kill two. He's filmed Ryan kill two or two. Oh, yeah, he didn't film me kill that one this year because I did, kind of. Oh, we'll get to that. Um, so, Bear Cub, Ryan is a little more experienced with calling and stuff in Bear Cub. And in elk hunting, you kind of got to hunt as a team. You know, you got you to gotta be able to call and move and stuff like that. So, anyway, Ryan called in. Let's see if I get this right. Ryan called in a, a pretty darn good bull for Bear Cub. Mm-hmm. And he passed him. He passed him. The passing assassin. Passing assassin. He's been hanging around Ryan too much. So he passed him. Then a day later, Ryan said he uh, he he missed one that he said may have been five to seven inches bigger, mm-hmm. like literally irrelevant bigger. So another pretty good, pretty good bull. Yeah. Yeah. So then Ryan said, you know what? I got to go hunting. So Ryan, they split up, and Barrica <laughs> finally slipped up and killed a pretty good bull. Uh, nothing incredible, but a good, any archery elk is a good bull, and he killed a good bull. And uh, so then it was the last day, and we had kind of felt like we'd given our bull everything we could. And I've had more experience in Bear Cub and Caleb at calling and, and doing things like that. I said, listen, I'll go film Ryan. If y'all will go listen for coyotes from my bull or whatever, that way we'll maximize our time. And so, man, I ain't gonna lie, I had a good feeling when we left the camp that afternoon. I mean, we have one afternoon. Yeah, you told us to get get the night. I shot. told the outfitter and I told 
Caleb and Ryan. I said, y'all just sharpen your knife. We'll be back in a minute. And I meant it. So we got there. And, you know, it's 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 like you just watch these TV shows and stuff and say, oh, they always kill on the last day. Well, well, the last day, it's like you get that little more aggressive. You get that, you know what, we're going in to kill. You get the kind of maybe that little bit that makes the difference. And, and on this scenario, I don't know if that was it or we just – we just said we going to kill this sucker. Oh no! It was definitely it. y'all. Y'all were crawling through the weeds. Well, okay, and I'm, I'm gonna yeah. get to that. Don't give away. Don't give away the. There's, this is a. This is as fun a elk hunt as I've ever had right here. Okay, so we step out the truck, and the bulls had not been bugling earlier. And one bugles to our right, and one bugles. Um, one bugles to our left. Now one of our, you know, it was just like a semi guided hunt. They usually drop drop you off, but on this trip, uh, our guy came with us, and. Um, he, uh, as soon as we stepped out of the truck, okay, one bugle to the right, one bugle to the left. And so we start going down this one left. It was an area where Bear Cover Ride had been on a lot of bulls. And they had this big bull they called the Limping Bull. They had been hunting all week, just a big, mature bull kind of running that part of the mountain. And this was up in the mountain in the Aspens and a big water hole down below. <clears throat> well, we're sitting there and uh, kind of sitting on this little logging road type of thing and waiting on bugle, waiting on bugle, waiting on bugle again once we got close. And he finally did. And we went right at him. The wind was right, which is everything. And so I said, all right, well, we, we got kind of up on the side of the mountain. We felt like, all right, we're, we're, we're listening, easing in real slow. And all of a sudden, he bugled and Ryan said, whoa, 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 whoa. I looked at his hand signals and I said, okay. And me and Ryan have hunted together enough. I know what this means. Like he is looking at him. Sure enough, I peek around Ryan, and I can see at just top of his horn, just big, gnarly tops. I said, oh, yeah. And we're like 130 yards from this bull at this point. And so anyway, we, we used the terrain. We ducked down below the hill. Our guide went behind there and waited on us to signal him, and it was going to start cow calling. Well, I got the camera. I was filming, and I got up there with Ryan. I got to a certain point, and I said, Ryan, you know, I was motioning you crawl in front of me 30, 40 yards. So he crawled in front of me. Anyway, I motioned back to the guy, start start yelping. <laughs> start yelping at Give him. Give me yell, yell. Yeah. And anyway, so he started yelping at him. And, uh, you know, he would he would bugle. But he'd never bugle like a full bugle once we got up there. It was more of a just a kind of a, you know, just a kind of a moan yeah. kind of come see me. And he was laying down. I could see his tops. I was filming him the whole time. And it was getting, we're like, at this point, we're like an hour left of dark, a daylight. And so we're easing. I told Ryan, I said, keep crawling, keep crawling. Just, we're, we're, we got the wind right at this point. I know how to kill that big boss gobbler. We've done this a hundred times. So keep working, keep working. Well, finally, Ryan motioned at me and he said, he was doing, if you can see, he was doing this hand motion like bugle, bugle. And I, I, I only had my cow call with me. So I put the camera in my mouth and I crawl. 30, 40 yards back to the backpacks because we don't get down to fighting weight. We get back there and I get my bugle. You know, I got an audience here. I got a big bull. I got Ryan and I got our guy back here calling, which everybody can call. A lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. And I let I let loose a good solid bugle, you know, sounding like probably a nice five by five. I, that's what I felt like. You know, I didn't want to be like like the 350-inch bull, and I didn't want to be a spike. I wanted to be right in that sweet spot. And I felt like that's where I was. I like Cubs bull. Yeah. Yeah. Matt, I, mean, probably, it's, I think I was trying to go for a little, little yeah, bump. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, anyway, I bugled, and I, stood, I got 
I was below like the, some oak brush stuff, and I started breaking sticks with my legs and raking. And at that time, the guy couldn't had seen me. He figured, okay, they, he, they needed me to bugle. So he bugled. I got the camera in my mouth, and I crawled back. Uh, and it rained that day, hadn't it? Yeah. And it was, it was wet. wet. Yeah, so I'm soaking wet. I'm crawling through all this stuff. And finally, I get up there, and I'm, uh, I've got the camera off the tripod because of the situation. And now we're looking at like, I don't know. 20 minutes of daylight left. And we're sitting there, and I'm filming him, and I'm filming him, I'm filming him. Finally, he's, oh, oh yeah. When I got back up, I said, oh, oh, oh no. He, he stood up. And, you know, yeah, I'm sitting there filming, sitting there filming him, and it's getting dark back in there under the trees where he's at. And he starts working his way to us, and he gets, but when, we, Ryan, when Ryan, I was 40 yards from Ryan, 30 yards from Ryan, and I'm going to say Ryan was 70 yards from the bull mm. this whole time. Mm. And so, but I had brush all in front of me, and I was when, I, when I'd stand up, I had some little oak trees I was I was standing up behind, so I was safe there. So I'm filming the bull, filming the bull, trying to get my light right. It's hard, and then the bull goes left hard, and I can't even see the bull. And I I didn't know then that Ryan had a good shot, good lane down through there to the left. So as I I still got the camera on record. The bull's working in, and as he's working in, I'm trying, I'm holding the camera in my mouth. I'm trying to grab my cow call to maybe pull him in that last five, ten yards because I can't see him at this point. And all I see is a big green luminoc, whop, or nocturnal, excuse me, a big nocturnal, whop. And <laughs> I film him, I film him run off. I said, You got him, you got him. Because, you know, it sounded like a hit. And Ryan runs over to me. Did he go down? Did he go down? Did he go we had down? A Luke Brown moment. Oh yeah, and it was awesome. And dude, we were just so fired up. And literally the last five minutes of our hunt, I'm way up on gain. Everything we could do, uh, we came and kind of gathered our thoughts. We gave, we uh, eased over there real slow to where the arrow was. I thought I heard the bull go down, but anyway, I uh, found blood immediately. Gave him about forty five minutes. Eased down there, and the bull was right there. And uh, I'm going to tell you, that was just something else. If you've never done it, and if you're, especially like if you're a turkey hunter from the South, you get it. It's like we made that happen. He didn't run in there like an idiot or whatever, which would have been fun too. But I mean, we made that happen. And I feel, I feel like that's a, that's something that I don't think I'm even close to there. I feel like I could get good at elk hunting because, you know, no terrain, no animals, no turkeys. And like, good Lord, it's just a, uh, it's just a fun time, man, and that was a fun hunt. Ended up being the limping bull, really good bull. Not going to score a whole lot. He was missing a three, and he, so he's like a six by four, mm-hmm. but just a big beast and a heck, heck of an archery bull. And I know Ryan is probably as proud of that bull as any bull he's killed, and he's killed several really good ones. So um, we'll be back uh, hopefully next year, but what a what a fun hunt and a fun experience, and, and the camp was great. The food was great. It was a it was a good time. Yeah, camp's always about who you share it with, mm-hmm. you know. And those the the people at that camp were a lot of fun to be around. All right. Well, we come we fly back, and immediately a day after we get back, mm-hmm. the first ever Mississippi Velvet season, and we're pumped up. The weather is ex- hold on, excuse me. The weather is hot then. I was thinking exceptional weather was opening week here, Mm -hmm. October 1st week. But anyway, exceptional weather. So we climb in the stand. We did not go that morning. 
Correct. Yeah, we did no, not we, go to morning. We, yeah, we want we wanted to wait till the afternoons. And um, anyway, so an hour when deer started coming in, started seeing some deer. An hour and a half before dark, our shooter, Lucky Thirteen, stands up, and we're looking at him down through the timber, hundred fifty yards. Mm-hmm. And we're like, "Oh yeah, it's happening." Well, anyway, we had some deer feeding up under us, and it's like he got an angle where he could see back in that hole where those deer were feeding, and. Uh, the deer that were feeding under had eased off in the woods 40, 50 yards. I don't know if they were eating acorns or just being deer, but he just never made it over there. Finally, he hooked up with some other deer, and we have not seen Lucky 13 in person since. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I'd bet you the bank, you know, as soon as I, I thought saw we him, would at yeah. least got an opportunity to get in there close, but he just, he did not want to, uh, he didn't want to do it. Uh, we hunted him another day and then came over here towards the house the last day and uh, had a good velvet season. You know, looking on social media and stuff, there was not as many deer thought shot as I thought there would be. Um, we did not have a lot of stuff moving in good daylight. He was, uh, but, um, you know, we're hunting smart, not hard early season as we're still in early season. And, uh, we, uh, we didn't get it done there, Velvet Season, but I had a good time. I can't wait to do it again next year. I, of course, I hope they do it again next year. All right. Well, um, right after that, we start uh, opening week here. Uh, so opening week here, uh, October 1st, that week is usually one of our favorite weeks to hunt. We usually always get us a deer. Um, we have transitioned to hunting a deer over here at another place on and over here by my house, and uh, big mature deer, no real well five-year-old, not a big giant, but a good mature deer, and this dude has our number. It's, he knows. He knows something's up. Like, he watches your truck. He watches my truck or, or something. If we don't go, he comes on camera in good daylight. Mm-hmm. If we go, he doesn't show. And actually, I think we actually, the opening, opening day i think we saw yeah opening day remember we saw him after dark but hogs Mm -hmm. were squealing and messing and we've been fighting hogs everywhere that's been a real issue in fact we got us a pig brig trap and we're gonna let you know how that turns out uh but anyway we've been hunting him off and on it's been real fun to hunt so close to the house right here we've had incredible hunts see a bunch of deer every time i've shot bunches of hogs i don't know between thermal and bow we've shot bunches of hogs uh we shot two uh, the other afternoon, last time we hunted. So we've had a good time. Um, opening day, my uh, my buddy Forrest did kill a big mature buck that we had on camera, big nine point. Uh, we helped him get him out the woods. And, you know, we've hunted together, him and I, for 20 years. And, and, and it's uh, it's always fun to hunt with your friends. When He he doesn't get to hunt near as much as we do. And he came down and hunted and uh, got him a good deer. So we were pumped up for him. Uh, and that's going, we're going to kind of be doing that the rest of October is how we always do. We hunt smart, not hard. If they're coming in daylight, we go hunt them. If they're not, we stay working and prepare. Uh, we check camera way more than we check, uh, you know, we go hunting. And these are the days with, uh, cell cameras. We, you, we check camera sitting in the bed in the morning. It's easy night. to do. Yep. Yeah. All right. Um, you know, all summer here in southwest Mississippi, it was super wet. Uh, couldn't get any dozer work done. Couldn't get any timber cut. All these things, uh, and it was super wet. Well, as I probably said on a podcast or predicted in person, I know I did, um, everybody's trying to plant right now, and it is dry as a bone. So dry that today 
we burned one of our fields off getting ready for a rain, getting ready to plant it, and uh, the fire jumped, and we've been fighting a little fire today. Everybody's safe. Everybody's good. With the rain and with blacktop. Yeah. Like, I don't even know how that's possible. Yeah, it, it, it just dry, and, and, and we're still burning a little timber out there. We're going to watch it. I think it's going to be fine. But um, we're supposed to get rain this week and some next week, so we've got – we didn't risk the farm, but we planted uh, seven acres here at the house – um, we're going to actually do another podcast here soon about what to plant and why we plant it. But anyway, I pla- I planted Dixie six backwoods, Dixie six, uh, here at the house. Uh, a lot of oats, a lot of, um, shoot, mostly wheat oats. It's got some ryegrass in it, which those are the big three around here in the South. Mm-hmm. Now I'm talking about the South down here where we hunt. Those are the big three, you know, you're going to be hunting over a green food plot with those three. All right. Then you've got, uh, that's three. Then you've got Australian winter peas, uh, some crimson clover, which is gives your nitrogen back to the soil and good for the spring. And it's got some, um, and some rape in it. So, you know, <clears throat> around my every everywhere's different. Now look, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into this more. I'm not, I'm not going to give away the form. We'll do another podcast, a short one on what to plant. Like how everywhere's different. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, I planted that because I, I have a lot of cow fields around my area, big ryegrass fields, and I want a better product out there uh, than just straight ryegrass or something like that. And the Dixie 6 give me oats and wheat and, and ryegrass. So I know I'm going to have good nut. You don't want to be hunting dirt and you're going to be hunting good stuff. And I'm going to say, I'll, I'll let, really let y'all know after this season, but from my experience, talking to Cody, talking to clients, Dixie six is one of my favorites here around the house. Um, now I'm not, I'm not going to talk about it anymore. We'll do that in the next episode. Okay. So anyway, that's what we did. We didn't risk the farm. I still got a lot of stuff to plant. I'm going to let it rain, and and then we're going to plant some of our bigger destination-type fields, like in front of my house and some over at the lease. Um, all right. All right. We're going to do – all right, real estate update. Um, the market's still really good. Um, I talked to everybody on our team there at Southern States Realty. And you know the consensus is, hey, maybe it slowed down a little bit. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not there yet. Uh, I think that we stay, we're we're still wide open, busy. Uh, if you get a good listing, your phone rings off the hook. The problem is, good listings are hard to get right now. Things are selling fast. They're selling for expensive. We still have an inventory problem. We still have a lot of people trying to buy right now. So it's still a really good time to sell. Uh, and it's it's a still a really good time to buy because I don't think even with these interest rates that have peaked up. Now, I know that this two and a half and three and a half percent interest rates that we were used to a year ago, that's abnormal. What we have now, you know, in a six a six or six or so interest rate, six percent, um, six and a half somewhere in there, that's normal. I mean, you know, we're just you didn't miss the boat if you if you didn't get a three percent. What we have now is normal. Uh, we just got spoiled. Um, land is still going to appreciate higher faster than that uh, interest rate. You know, our land here in Southwest Mississippi, we have a lot of external factors with Baton Rouge growing this way, and people wanting to get out of the city. And we've still got a great market. And I, and I'll put up our I'll put our market against any market. We've got a great great recreational market and a small residential for people wanting to have a you know 20 acres to put a house mm-hmm. on something like yeah. that 
Um, would you, you've been, you know, you've been helping with real estate. Caleb has his license now. I mean, what's your opinion of that, of the state of the union, if you will? Yeah. I mean, uh, so I, I wouldn't have been able to really give you anything on it, you know, probably three months ago, but it just seems, you know, just like you were saying, low inventory, high demand. So, you know, everything's selling for a little bit more and interest rates are, um, starting to affect some people. You know, I went to Morehouse Parish yesterday and shook a lot of hands, talked to a lot of people about buying land, and that was probably the most common negative thing that came up in conversation was the rise in interest rates. Um, Now, with that being said, I don't, you know, I don't think they're going to go up extremely high. I mean, like you say, I think we're just getting back to a normal market. So um, with that, I would not be scared to continue to put my money in land. It is going to appreciate faster than it's going to in the bank, and it is going to go up faster than the interest rate. I, you know, I mean, we believe in land. I've, I own more land right now than I ever have in my life. I'll put my money where my mouth is. Um, and looking to purchase more, I've got an offer on a piece of Missouri right now. I don't think my wife knows that. So if you're listening, Laura, yeah, we have we may own another piece of land in Missouri. I know you're so excited. Um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, the market is good. Uh, small tracks are selling fast. We still have a lot of good stuff for sale. That 167, I got name it County. Just dropped a price on it. Hammer deer yeah. on camera, a Big couple one. of them. Uh, and you could be hunting him this fall. In fact, we did plant the food plots today um, out there, and. Um, We've got uh, the 467 in Concordia Parish duck deer combo track. Wow, what a I great love that place! What a great track! I think if Caleb uh, had the money, he'd buy it tomorrow. No doubt. Um, you know, good stuff. I had a little 43 acre track that I owned that I uh, it went on the market for one day. Contracts, you know, contracted like 96 percent I asking price, and and it uh, to the first guy who looked at it. So so good stuff like that sells fast. Um, Got a lot of activity on our stuff up in Missouri right now. A lot of activity. Uh, speaking of Missouri, Ryan killed a nice eight point. What was it, Saturday? Yes, Saturday morning. Saturday morning in Missouri. Uh, was hunting actually a better deer. Saw him the day before, and then this eight stepped out. He shot the deer. Then the bigger deer actually stepped out after. But thank you, Ryan. He's saving them. He's, He's saving them for us. So, Which brings us to <clears throat> Thursday. Caleb and I are headed to Kansas. One of my favorite places, and it is my favorite place to hunt whitetails. I've hunted there 14 years in a row. Last year <clears throat> was the first year I didn't draw a tag. Went out there anyway with my dad and filmed him. <clears throat> Incredible hunt, favorite hunt of the year. Giant deer, big bodies, great people we hunt with out there. Cool terrain, so different than what we hunt here. So just a really, really fun time. Can't wait to get up there. Can't wait. I love bringing Caleb like on this elk hunt and stuff like this because he's never done any of this stuff so it's it's cool to see it because I was there at one point and see it through other people's eyes and, and it's fun just opened your eyes to what could happen <clears throat> now if we do happen to kill there early which we have a lot in the past we got good cold front and last night on camera that big 12 point that Ryan was hunting did show up so I'm just saying Kansas Missouri it's not too far apart so Double we doozy, baby. Yeah, we may go try to pull a two for one. But anyway, we're going to head and do that on Thursday. We got a lot of real estate to do between now and then um, and, and keep everything going around here as far as getting ready for deer season. Uh, 
couple of things, you know, looking back on the season thus far. We've had great weather. But this was something I thought about earlier whenever I left here to go check the fire. <clears throat> Probably the best weather I've ever seen for opening week or so of deer season. 100%. I mean, it was – every day was cool. You know, it'd be in the high 50s in the mornings, and, you know, obviously it would get warmer. But, you know, right at prime time, 45 minutes before dark, it started cooling back down, and it was just perfect. Okay. With that being said, I don't know if the deer moved any better. I, I don't know if it really helped It us. seems a little slow, doesn't it? I mean, even the cameras. Yeah, it I, if you if you'd have told me what the weather would have been, I would have said it'd been better. I don't know. I, they're acting like they're acting like it's ninety instead of eighty. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't know if it really helped us. I don't know if I don't know if ninety 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 seventy eight one one or two days would have helped us because that's I killed last year. That's what happened. You know, right. we've had basically a north northeast wind, east wind every day of the season. It's north out there right now. Uh, it was a little south earlier, but I just noticed north a while ago. But anyway. That's not normal, and I don't know if it's really helped us that much. Now, I, I, a lot of good deer have been killed, but um, <clears throat> I, I wouldn't say any more than average from what I'm seeing. But, uh, look, we've got some really good deer on camera. Uh, I mean, I've got probably the best crop of deer I've ever had on camera. Uh, we're hunting smart, not hard. We've got plenty of time. We're keeping feeders full. We're keeping cameras out. We're planting food plots. Their time will come. They, I know most of these deer because you know we're letting them get five, six years old. I know most of them, so I know what happens in late November, December when you get a cold front. I've got pictures, so if you ever listen to Mark Drury, and I believe it, you know, you say, okay, uh, let's say there's a deer in the Big Ten. Um, what do we call him? Which one? The eights black mamba. What was the? Uh, I don't know what the ten is. I forget. I don't know. I don't know if we named him. We'll think about it anyway. Big 10. Um, he uh, not fire tower, the one over here. Mm-hmm. Um, last if you look at camera pictures for the last two years with December dates, early December dates, with you know, some cold fronts and stuff like that, standing in broad daylight, I'm gonna have to assume that's gonna repeat itself. And we got a heck of a setup over there. If he's coming, you can kill him, you can ingress, egress. It's a wind. It, it's a killing setup. That's why I'm just sitting tight. We're catching hogs. We're shooting hogs. We're we're just we're we're, we're biding our time. Um, the deer right here around the house. I feel like we'll get there. Uh, the only thing that may catch up with us if we get rifle season, he uh, one of the kids may go ahead and whack him. But that yeah. that'll be fine too. Yeah. Um, got some big deer over to lease. Craig and I have so uh, we're getting a game plan. We went and checked those cameras earlier today. There's a big deer that I got two only two pictures of, maybe three, um, that I usually get heavy on me later in the season, and he is a good. That's Black Mamba. He mm. is a good big giant eight with a kicker. Giant forty five, one forty five, one fifty. I mean, for right here around my house, I mean, I saw a hammer and big old frame. Any, I'm eight point, 140, anywhere. Exactly. But I mean, this, you know, especially, you know, right here around the house, big old body. And uh, I usually don't get him much till later. So he should start. I, I think I got a good chance at him. Um, we got a deer over at the 167 we're hunting. Mm-hmm. 
we get him on camera religiously at night. We just got to have some kind of bump and cool front or something change. He just lost his velvet, so something something may start changing, usually for a negative, but he's coming at night now, so maybe it'll be a positive. Mm. Maybe, maybe. But uh, we planted those plots today, so if we get that rain, we're, we're I don't feel – I don't feel like we've missed anything. I think we're just, it's like the pressure's rising. And when it gets ready to pop, I think we're going to do really good. Uh, we get a little cool front after a rain shower, something like that. We're watching them cameras. We can start risking it for the biscuit, stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know, I think that, uh, I think it's going to be good. But right now, we're going to focus on Kansas because that's some giants on we got some big new listings coming up, uh, some stuff I can't talk about yet will come out soon. One that is just, wow, wow, wow. I, hopefully I'll sell that, and you'll never hear about it until I tell you we sold it. Mm-hmm. It is just, Caleb knows what I'm talking about. It's just wow. But uh, the market's good, and we're loving life. Uh, kids, everybody's doing good. Um, Lori probably be a little mad at me because we're about to do a good bit of hunting the next month, but um, – I love her, and she, you know, it's, I really hadn't changed anything. I've been doing this since we met, so, you know. She knew what she was signing up for. Yeah, and, you know, she knows that maybe she's, like, maybe maybe she needs a little distance, so she'll love me that much more when I come back. That's it. That's it. Claire, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we, we spend a lot of time away from each other right now, but. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we're going to get out of here. We're actually going to film another podcast later on. We got a couple of things. We're actually going to go fill a feeder right now, check on this fire, and uh, film another podcast. The next podcast, 29, is going to be what we're going to talk about fall planning, why I'm planting where, what state, and just kind of, I get that question a lot. And I think it's, a, you know, why? And there is no right or wrong answer on your place it's just like feeding or anything else like that you got to figure out what works for you and that's what we're going to talk about next podcast so as always these things are brought to you by southern ag credit they take great care of us and our clients and you should try them out hey thank you for listening today caleb if you'll hit that blue button over here we got to go fire fire check on and our feeder to go fill Hey, thank you for listening to the Hunt and Land Man podcast. If you will, take a moment, give us a five-star written view, guys. This really helps us out. And if you know anybody you think will be interested in this podcast, please share it with them.